Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. Here's your host, Jason Swigard. Well, a fine good morning to you all out there. We're a month into uh, quarantine life. How you doing there, Harold? Quarantine has really been been kind of interesting at our house in Vancouver. Yeah, you're up there where it's a little stricter than it is uh, on the other side of the Columbia. Yeah, and it's uh, my wife and I have been locked up in the house for uh, a month and a half now. Who's winning? Uh, well, she recently imposed a social distancing. Whoop! I, I wait a minute. You're good. I'm we getting still feedback hear here. Oh, uh, she uh, she imposed social distancing on my uh, stimulus package. Oh. So I've got. Uh, I've got a little issue here with uh, <laughs> with trying to, uh, you know, enjoy life the ah. way. Yeah. So uh, it's been a challenge. But <laughs> well, that that you can't play golf up there. Your course is closed. Did I catch you off guard with that? Yeah. How long? How long did you take to right? Would you start that on Tuesday? <laughs> been working on that one since Tuesday, huh? Yeah, I have been, and uh, <laughs> I crafted that line. So uh, it's uh, I was just talking to uh, uh, about uh, crafting good jokes and yeah. and it's not the writing it's the editing and and maybe that one uh, actually I liked it I thought it was a wonderful line uh, <laughs> yeah you got I don't know what uh, was going on there in your headset it kind of tripped you up the delivery well there. did it. Yeah. You want me to say it again? Well, maybe we'll try later in the show. Well, no, I'm going to do it right now. Oh, okay. Okay. My wife has imposed social distancing on my stimulus package. Oh, my oh, goodness. Hey, bing, much better. The- much better. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Will? How are you? We don't see you anymore except for this one hour. Oh, I'm doing great. Just quarantining in Aloha. Okay. Well, you look like the Unabomber. Is that... Just what you normally look like, or is this uh, protective gear? Well, that's pretty offensive that you would even say that in the first place. So. <laughs> I'm just saying you got a hoodie, you got glasses going, you're all bundled up. Do you see a jerry curl creeping out of this hoodie right I can't now? see any hair out of your hoodie and, and glasses. So. Let me just say that the caricature of the Unabomber that they drew is probably one of the funnier things to ever happen <laughs> from the 1990s, because it was just so not Ted Kaczynski. Once they got him. That's true. And so it made you think, like, who the hell saw that person and what were they thinking? <laughs> so uh, are you, is he comparing himself to the, the Unabomber? No, no I did. I, I said it very much looked like the Unabomber. But, yes, I was going off the sketch that the sketch artist had out there, not necessarily. I did not go like. to Cal Berkeley and be a math wizard. Oh, okay. No. All righty. Well, that's good because you're out and about. Well, as much in, out and about as anybody can be right now. Sure. All righty. Uh, we got a couple of heavyweights joining us today. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm amazing. I'm excited about the show. Uh, John Bodenhammer is the Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA. He'll join us at uh, 8.15. Uh, talk about uh, how challenging his job suddenly became uh, over the last month and a half. 
uh, one deciding if the USGA can hold championships, uh, not only the U.S. Opens that we're used to seeing uh, for the men and the women and, and seniors, but also all the amateur championships. Bandon Dunes is scheduled to host the U.S. Amateur uh, in August, so we'll get a sense of what they're going through, how important it is to put these championships on versus uh, – you know, having them as normally as possible, what's going into decisions, uh, how much is truly known and how much is just uh, hoping at this point things will get better and uh, the schedule can go on at some point. I, I can't imagine being the guy in charge having to make the call. Is you, you, People wonder why people in positions get paid big dollars. This is why. Uh, absolutely. This has got to be crazy for them. <clears throat> I know what... Uh, I- I'm uh, in meetings every day, just just on yeah, our for level. For those that in don't Oregon. know, you're currently serving as president of the Oregon chapter of the PGA. Correct. And I'm in my second year. I was hoping to kind of cruise through. No. And just just be ordained. What is it? No. Uh, um, A figurehead. Yeah, yeah. I I'd be good at that. Yeah. Uh, but now we have to kind of make decisions. I'm really fortunate to have a a good uh, executive director and Dominic Marconi and a great board of directors. But, and there's a lot of decisions, a lot of moving parts that we have to discuss and we meet weekly, but sometimes uh, several times a week. And then I'm on the board for the Pacific Northwest PGA. Uh, So now we're dealing with five States all under different rules right now. 1,200 golf professionals, all with, yes, absolutely all with different rules, and we're trying to get a handle on what's going on. I can't imagine what John Bodenhammer and uh, James uh, uh, Monahan are going through tr- and Mike Wan trying to sort out yeah. without any lead, without any anything coming down from above they're they're really having to to work this out on their own and yeah. it's very very difficult i i can't imagine how much sleep they're you're getting scrutiny they're getting. from both from whatever side you know people saying no it's too soon others saying if there's not a way to get things back going you could lose all sorts of economy and industry and charitable donations and all of those sorts of things uh, that golf uh, normally provides so uh, it's certainly not easy. So we'll get a sense of what they're looking at. And we'll talk specifically about the the bigger events that people are hoping to see uh, at some point, if at what point uh, they have to make further arrangements or what needs to happen in order for the current schedule to be able to go off. Uh, and then on the professional side, our buddy Jeff Sanders, uh, president of Golf Events for Lagadere Sports, he, he was extremely apologetic. We were supposed to have him last week. Something came up at the last second and took his attention. Uh, with the new PGA revised tour schedule coming out, uh, as well as the Corn Ferry Tour, um, you know, he's going to have three events in four weeks <laughs> to try and pull off, beginning with the Winko Foods Portland Open, which, it, you know, the Corn Ferry Tour is looking to kind of just pick up the schedule in June where it would normally have been. Right. Try and complete as much of the schedule as it was. Um, obviously, these guys, uh, a lot of young guys, or uh, as well as guys that have had tour cards trying to get back on the PGA Tour, how much it means to them. Uh, to try and have an opportunity to do so. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now, I think it's August 6th through the 9th is when it's currently still on the, the schedule out at Pumpkin Ridge. So we'll talk to him. I think he was on the conference call uh, they had earlier in the week explaining, okay, here's the revised schedule for the PGA Tour, for the Corn Ferry Tour, for the McKinsey Tour in Canada, uh, and find out what the other variables are uh, and how fluid and loose this is at this point. Well, uh, if... Uh Anyone who's been to the Winco Foods Portland Open and sees Jeff Sanders riding around in his cart, he's more than just a pretty face. There's a lot of... It is pretty, though. <laughs> there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, and he's got great staff, but uh, to manage three events in four weeks, is yeah. uh, he's going to lose a lot of hair uh, off the top of his head uh, in those uh, four weeks, in that he's four got week good period lettuce of time. Too. He's going to be upset. We'll ask him if it's still all in there. He's hanging out at La Quinta uh, down there where he's got a place. Uh, unfortunately, course is closed in California too, so he can't get out and play. 
Um, but uh, he's hanging out there. He's going to join us at 8.30, and we'll get a sense of this revised PGA Tour schedule. We'll get into it a little bit. But basically, they're hoping to pick up June 8th, June 8th through the 14th with the Charles Schwab Challenge down at Colonial, then go to uh, Harbortown for the RBC Heritage, the Travelers in Connecticut, Fourth uh, of July weekend to be in Michigan for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The John Deere the following week. The Memorial's been postponed until the middle of July. Uh, that's Jack Nicklaus's tournament out in Dublin. Uh, late July, the 3M Open in Minnesota. Uh, then uh, end of July, beginning of August, they would have two tournaments. Uh, the, T, uh, the World Golf Championships at FedEx in Memphis. The Barracuda. Uh, which is at Tahoe Mountain Club uh, out there in in, uh, California, up in the mountains. And then August 3rd through the 9th, the PGA Championship at uh, TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Uh, If they're able to get there, they would finish in August with the three FedEx Cup, uh, FedEx Playoffs events with the Tour Championship uh, that first weekend of September going into Labor Day weekend. So that's the plan right now. The, at least the first four events would be played without galleries. That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, and I think from a player standpoint, I'm not sure the the player, not all the players are crazy about having galleries anyway. Sometimes it's nice to go out and I'm golf. I'm sure Patrick golf. Reed would love to be playing golf without galleries right yeah. now. And, uh, but it's going to be a challenge, and we'll talk to Jeff about what some of those challenges are. I think what's interesting is that uh, the the tour decided to have a wraparound season, and now their wraparound is kind of wrapping it around their neck. They, they're yeah. starting their new season you know, with the Safeway in September. Yeah, that would be the week after the tour championship. So now, granted, that's only 30 players. We'll see if uh, maybe that gets expanded a little bit if they have the field a little deeper, but... Who knows? We'll we'll find out more about that when Jeff joins us uh, at uh, eight thirty. But we will start. Uh, we want to give a little room to these guys. There's a lot to discuss, so we're going to break a little bit early. John Bodenhammer, Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA, will join us next as we're getting ready to go here on this uh, early uh, early or mid April edition of Golf in the Northwest here on 1080 The Fan. Jason Swigart, Harold Bluestein back here with you, 814 this morning as we are uh, Will's trying to uh, reach out to John Bodenhammer here uh, with the uh, USGA. He's the Senior Managing Director of Championships and uh, get a sense of uh, how all the decisions, uh, what goes into the decisions that are being made, trying to play not only uh, U.S. Opens, U.S. Women's Opens, uh, but uh, the other amateur championships. He's also... uh, part of the uh, IGF competitions committee that administers golf in the Olympic games Uh, that comes under his uh, jurisdiction as well. So we can find out a little bit, uh, you know, that decision to postpone it, how that affects things going forward and, and how they will decide um, who ends up playing for the U S Olympic team whenever they, the Olympics go next, if they'll freeze it as they normally would have based on this year and those those players would get the honor or if they're going to continue accumulating points and rankings into next year so well i think the crazy part about all of this is uh regardless of the of the tournament that uh, the usga may run or the the pga tour you have a lot of uh points that are accumulated qualifying issues going into every single event and so how do you, where do you start it? Where do you end it? How do you uh, host qualifying events leading up to, say, the U.S. Open, which is, you know, they have local events, they have regional events, and then you have the final event. And how do they handle all of that? I'd be curious uh, to get John's uh, uh, take on that. Um, we were talking about the uh, the. The PGA Tour's revised schedule, yeah. Yeah, and and I think one of the interesting things with the wraparound schedule is that you're basically going to have uh, six majors in the in the uh, 2021 season. So you're only going to have two in the 1920 schedule, and you're going to have six in the in the following year, which I think is really interesting. You're going to have the Masters in November, and then again in April. And you'll have the U.S. Open in September and then again in June. Uh, 
having them so close to one another and preparing golf courses for those events is really quite a challenge. Well, and the bigger challenge, and uh, hopefully we can uh, reach John here at some point, uh, is, you know, golf is shut down in New York. And so the U.S. Open scheduled for Wingfoot uh, up there in Merrimack, um, Mamaroneck, yeah, New York. Uh, sorry. I know, you know, that's the first time you've ever tripped up. Yep. In, in 10 years of being on the radio, you never screw up If you've got a young golfer in the family, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but they were still working on course setup construction right. when everything got shut down initially up in New York. And so... Will they have enough time? Will the USGA's uh, and the superintendents be allowed to get in there and complete that? Will they not do some of the projects they were hoping to do and just go with the course, you know, kind of as is and deal with it? Well, no, you have an issue where uh, you've got overseeding on some golf courses. So they they play a lot of them when they've been overseeded. Now that uh, the season has changed and adjusted – they have to look at golf courses that are coming out of overseeding. So going from Rye to Bermuda, back to Bermuda, and that that takes some some uh, adjusting. You don't have that in New York where you're going from, you know, grass that has been dormant into grass that's growing. My concern is playing so late in the season – uh, regardless whether you're north or south, you've got a, you've got uh, daylight issues, you've got weather issues. But really, let's get into the meat of it. And they are not going to continue uh, or start the season without uh, considering health and safety of the players, the volunteers, and and in after the first four events, the fans. Right. So I'm I'm really happy that the the USGA and the and all tours are looking at and listening to their healthcare experts instead of politicians in Washington. I think it's very important that uh, that we listen to those folks, even though they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. I I would uh, appreciate their information, their scientific insight more so than than someone who's more interested in getting the economy running, though I am very uh, empathetic toward those who have lost their, lost their jobs and are uh, trying to get unemployment. The uh, National PGA just rolled out a, a relief and disaster uh, fund for its members, and which uh, I was on a call this week, and we were joined by uh, Susie Whaley, national president of the PGA. And the national is starting with a, a $5 million rollout of disaster relief that ha- that golf courses can apply for. Uh, on a first-come, first-served basis, they will be helping out those courses that have been closed or, or uh, professionals who have been out of work. Um, that's a huge help to us. Um, we don't know what's going to happen after that $5 million is gone. Uh, there's an indication that there may be more help coming along. But uh, it's a real challenge for the National PGA to help out its professionals because it's a nonprofit uh organization or association and we have a, a term we we always battle against it's it's uh, referred to as inurement inurement means that a nonprofit cannot do anything to directly benefit financially right. its members so we have to work with the IRS to to be able to stay on board uh legally i think that um I, I noticed, and I wanted to ask Jeff about this, that the tour is offering cash advances to its players. Did you hear about that? I, I didn't see that in the notes. Yeah. I haven't gone through it as... Uh... Now, there, certainly there's people at the top of the food chain that 
don't need it. Yeah, but their offense has advantages to players ranked 1 through 150. So the players who really don't need money can get cash advances, and those outside the 150 who actually could use the money yeah. may not get any help at all. It's a one-time deal. Um, and well, it, and it and it's termed as an advance on future winnings or correct. whatever. So it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's be, more of a loan. It'll be a loan. It's yeah. Um, now, if that's to help, hopefully that's players and not only to maybe cover expenses they've put out that they can't get refunded. Hopefully, that can be something maybe that gets moved on to caddies, um, because that's that's a big thing. Uh, for them, obviously, you know. It, uh, right now, it does not include caddies. Well, I'm thinking the players might just funnel that money to their caddies at this point. Well, or, the, yeah. The, the tour is looking to make a a, um, uh, a donation to the uh, Caddy Benevolent Fund. Yeah. Which is, I love that, Benevolent Fund. That, it, are you, you're being very nice. It's so magnanimous. Yes. If you have to pay it back, that would be the malevolent, malevolent <laughs> fund. I can't believe you guys are being so capricious about your word. Hey, use. hey, wow. easy. Get, wait, let me get my dictionary out and uh, and find that one in there. Anyway, it's uh, probably at the top of the hillock of books you have. <laughs> All right, good for you. So, um, okay, we're talking about the schedule and and what it takes to get things going. I. I looked at who who's the winner and who's the loser. Greenbrier is out. Yeah, that one's tough. They obviously they got moved from they used to be the I think the Fourth of July weekend uh tournament. Correct. Then when they condensed the majors, they moved uh the PGA into uh May and condensed everything. They got squeezed out and put into the wraparound portion of the schedule and now moving it again, it's out and you wonder if uh, they'll be able to come back. It was it, no, they are not gone. coming back. They are uh, the agreement between the tour and the Greenbrier is that they are permanently out of the schedule. Uh, they had seven years left on their contract, mm. and that has been uh, canceled. Um, the Greenbrier found that when they were bumped or, in a sense, demoted to the fall. Uh, that uh, viewership, attendance, and everything dropped well, yeah, like you, a rock. You move up against one, the NFL, but also you moved your schedule now into September where families couldn't go, and because it's a it's an old fashioned, you know, resort summer right. getaway sort of thing. It's it's an amazing facility, um, but yeah, once school starts, families aren't bringing everybody and the kids out there for a month or whatever it was that you would go out there and stay so well and it was a military tribute at the same time yeah. and so uh, hosting it on july 4th was a big yep. deal it, and that made perfect sense so green is out i don't know how many other tournaments will be dropped uh, and that'll be a big thing and there's always been a debate discussion regarding it, it, are there just too many events on the pga tour right now and certainly you would hope that you know you don't want to see an event like this but it might be one of the things the PGA Tour is finally forced to deal with and say, okay, do we need to to scale this back a hair uh, so that we can make sure that the best fields are available for as many tournaments as possible right? rather than having the haves and the have-nots? Well, they've got to they've gotta have a lot of playing opportunities for their players. Yeah. And so... Uh, I think there are three events that are going to bump it up to yeah, the 144. invitational events um, that were, I know the memorials, one of them. Um, let's see, which ones are the other? Well, there I was think the Charles Schwab and I forget what the other one is, maybe the RBC. But the ones that were invitational events usually at 120 in the field. They're going to bump it up to 144 uh, to give a few more spots available. Uh, for uh, for players to get in there, guys to get some points and money and that sort of thing. So uh, they will be making it as available as possible uh, for guys to get in there, get points for the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Ryder Cup, and other such uh, events as well. And why don't we take a break? 
We'll get Sanders on the horn. Hopefully we can uh, maybe still find John Bodenhammer for the end of the show. If not, we'll uh, try and reconnect with the USGA and get him next week because uh, we still have a ton of questions uh, for him. Uh, but our buddy uh, Jeff Sanders hanging out down there in La Quinta. Uh, he will join us next as we make the turn here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 828 here this morning making the turn. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it'll be uh, Center and Saint uh, with Will and Luke. And then uh, for you today, uh, the 2015 Rose Bowl as the uh, Ducks uh, hammer Jameis Winston in Florida State in the first ever college football playoff. I know our uh, next guest will enjoy reliving that one, uh, Jeff Sanders. <laughs> we'll get him on the old radio.com app there, and you can uh, relive the Ducks just making life miserable for Jameis. Love it. Uh, Jeff Sanders on the line with us, president of golf events for Lagadere Sports. Uh, enjoying, enjoying the weather down in La Quinta. Not much, uh, not much else you're enjoying, but how are things down there? Well, like, the weather down here is unbelievable. I mean, it's going to be mid-80s today, going to the 90s next week. But, here, but we don't have any golf courses open, Jason. So not like Portland. I was talking to a friend of mine who said that out of Columbia Edgewater, they've had over 200 players a day, and the weather's been awesome in Portland. So, But down here, the weather's great, but the courses are closed, so no one's having much fun on the golf course. Yeah, and it has been. Uh, I've been out at uh, my course out at Forest Hills. They've been uh, just uh, having rounds going left and right. I know uh, at Langdon, they've been very busy, too. So uh, the courses have been getting a lot of work up here, and, and a lot of credit goes to the Oregon Golf Alliance and all their associations for working with the governor's office and finding a way to uh, allow people to have at least some sort of refuge and, and escape during this time. Uh, we saw the PGA Tour, along with the Corn Ferry Tour and McKenzie Tour, announcing uh, last in the middle of the week a revised schedule. And uh, if all goes well, you'll be trying to run three different tournaments in three different states in looks like four weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, we're running we're three tournaments, and, and we're going to run uh, the, the Winco Foods Portland Open in the first week of uh, – August, and then go to Boise the second week for the Albertsons Boise Open, and then the 7th to the 13th right before the U.S. Open and Napa, the Safeway Open on the PGA Tour. So our team is going to be challenged big time this year, this summer, Jason. It's going to be uh, it's crazy. We're getting prepared right now, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a crazy five weeks, that's for sure. Before we get into some of the details, uh, I know you were on a conference call with uh, a lot of uh, the decision makers there for the tours. How confident is the group from Jay Monahan down that this schedule can hold? Very confident. You know, I think that there's so much pressure on opening up, uh, opening up the, the, the country. And uh, you know, as as you say, you know, we talked about Oregon being open for golf and 200 plus players playing golf every day during this challenging time. And you know, I think that just, well, I noticed this morning that Ponte Vedra Beach, Jacksonville Beach, in Florida opened up again. Uh, this morning, so I guess you know we're we're confident the uh, the Charles Schwab event on the PGA Tour, as you know, will be the first tournament to to be played, which is exactly two months from now. No fans, but two months from now, and uh, you know, hopefully by that time uh, things will loosen up and open up, and and we'll be on the other side of this. I know it's going to go on for you know a long time, so I'm not diminishing the the length of time by any stretch, but at the same time. Business has got to open. People have got to get back to work, and this country's got to get going again. And so, hopefully, that uh, you know what Jay and, and his team have put together, which I give them so much credit because that was such a tough puzzle. I mean, there were tournaments that have been on the tour a long time that are not going to be played this year, as you know. I mean, the Masters moved, the U.S. Open moved, the British Open got canceled. I mean, this has been a, a brutal exercise for all of us associated with the PGA Tour, and especially. Jay Monahan and his team back in back in Ponte Vedra. Hey, uh, Jeff, I know when you were out on tour, you played quite often without fans. The uh, <laughs> you got played every week without fans. <laughs> hey, when you look at when you take the pins out in the morning and pick them up in the evening, you're not very many people out there, Harold. <laughs> so, I, okay, I, I owe you one on that. That was a that was a good hit. Good for you. I'm going to get back. I got ten minutes to get back. <laughs> and I know you will. The, <laughs> how do the I players really it. feel about playing without fans? Is it? It's good for oh, some, I, not good for others. No, I don't think it's good. For 
for anybody, I don't think. I mean, the players, they're entertainers. At the end of the day, it's the entertainment business. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all professional athletes, yes, they're playing their sport, but they want to entertain the fans. I mean, that's part of what you do. And uh, to be out there and have effectively all the tournaments be, you know, made for television where you don't have any hospitality suites or skyboxes or, you know, people watching or, you know, it's just, it's just so different. And mm-hmm. I don't think any of the pros – I mean, again, if you gave them the choice between not playing and fans, you, you of course, you, you, you want to play. But but that's not anything anybody wants to do. Um, but, again, we're, we're all trying to figure out the whole social distancing thing. It's a little bit like what Alaska Airlines came out with, how they're not going to sell any center seats for a while on the three on each side airplanes, and then on the two on each side they're not going to sell the aisle to give that social distancing, you know, an opportunity to work. It's a little bit that way in our business. And we think about a skybox or a, a pro-am dinner where you've got four or 500 people who are used to sitting around a mm-hmm. round table. Those days are over, at least for the short term anyway. You have to figure out how we're going to figure out how we are more like a grocery store or more like an airplane where we take seats out and move people back and give them some room. It's going to be really different, but uh, we can do it, and we're, we're, we're on a program to, to build some models that uh, did work, and so, you know, we'll figure it out. Jeff Sanders, our guest, president of golf events for Lagadere Sports. He's the man with the Winco Foods Portland Open and uh, three other events uh, between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, joining us from La Quinta. So it looks like the Corn Ferry Tour is more or less just going to pick up where they would have been in the schedule, although it looks like uh, they'll start the same week as the PGA Tour is planning at this point at TPC Sawgrass uh, down in Florida with an event uh, yet to be determined. But after that, it's going to be kind of where they were in the in the normal course of the schedule how does that affect uh, we know the winco is there to determine uh, the 20 first 25 guys that are getting their tour cards for the next season how is is any of that changing or they'll just uh, stay with the same point schedule and there's just fewer opportunities for guys to earn money and points you know i think that's on the table right now i mean i've been in some meetings on that topic it's a great question i the the answer is nobody knows today they're still working on it because Again, there's two months until the next tournament, so I don't know if there's going to be enough. In other words, if, if, if it opens up again on June 8th, like it's scheduled to do so at Charles Schwab and on the PGA Tour and then Corn Theory, I think it's going to be questionable whether there's enough tournaments to gather enough points to make it fair um, for everybody. So that's, that is on the table, and I'll, it'll be worked out in the next 30 to 45 days, but I don't know. You know, we're hopeful that the 25 cards are given out on the 18th green on Sunday at the Winco Foods Portland Open again at Pumpkin. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see because I do understand the competitive side and the and the points, and it's a big deal, obviously, getting your card and getting out on tour. So there was some talk about combining two years, 19 and 20 together. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, there's just been all kinds of, of scenarios talked about. But as of today, there's no... There's no outcome on that yet, so let's stay tuned on that one. I'm I'm obviously involved with that decision, and and I don't know exactly where it's going to land right now, but hopefully, uh, you know, one way or the other, we're going to have a great field and a great event. Uh, Jeff, uh, I read an article about cash advances that are going to be made to players ranked one to 150. And and obviously this doesn't affect the players on the Corn Ferry Tour who could actually use a cash advance. Has there mm-hmm. been any thought in that direction? There has, and I think there's there's again some discussion in that in that uh, you know about that as well. So you know I don't know where it's going to land again because again there's still some time here that everything's being worked out. What the PGA Tour did was get the PGA Tour schedule figured out first and make sure that it was set between now and the end of the year. At the same time, we're getting the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, to match up with the PGA Tour and the qualifying system and, and, and topics like, you know, some stipend of some kind for these guys. So, again, I think over the next 30 to 45 days, there'll be more discussion and there'll be some decisions made along those lines, Harold. But I think, you know, this just got put together a few days ago, and I know it was a like Greenbrier, you know, been on the tour forever they're mm-hmm. gone mm-hmm. Uh, you know just so many tournaments uh either postponed or canceled that really affected it's hard to understand this but really did affect the corn ferry tour indirectly so 
We're going to have to wait and see on that, but I, I'd like to see something uh, for, our, for our guys on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, because, again, you know, these guys are all on commission. You know, the difference between our sport, as you know, and all others is that these guys, don't, they don't make birdies. They don't get paid, and there's no guaranteed contracts of any kind. They pay their own expenses when they travel the tours, and uh, so it's very unique. And so if anyone needs a little help, it's, it's guys who play professional, men and women who play professional golf. So we're seeing on the tour they are ex, uh, expanding the field size. Are you going to be doing that on the Corn Ferry Tour? Well, we're we're limited by light, you know, light in the day. When mm-hmm. people ask me, oh, you know, how, why 144? Excuse me, why why 156? Hey, it depends on the light in the day. So we'll have as many players as we can have in our regular season finale at Pumpkin. Um, so we're looking at that too, and you know, I think that there could be a chance there'll be a few more players, but uh, they have to fit into the into the light window when we can start, when we can finish. So, but I wouldn't uh, be surprised if there were a few more additions to uh, to our field in, in in August. Chatting here with Jeff Sanders, president of Golf Events for Logadier Sports. The other piece to this is uh, sponsors being able, with whatever their main line of business is, to uh, handle that keep up their um, sponsorship, uh, you know, monies that are coming in to support these things. How has the reception been among uh, the sponsors on, on all the tours to be able to fulfill their obligations for their contracts and uh, charitable donations for the tournament so far? Well, very good. I mean, the, the one thing about the, the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, I can't speak for the LPGA Tour, but I'm sure it's the same, is that, you know, the these, these these tournaments, these sponsors have been a part of, like this year, Winco Food, seventh year. Albertson's over in Boise, 31st year. Safeway down in Napa, fifth year. And, you know, most of these tournaments on the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour have some tenure and some with, with their title sponsors. But I think the bottom line is everybody is sort of part of the family and trying to understand what can we do. We know this is a this is a short-term situation over the next, at least we think it is, we hope it is, over the next few months. The pandemic, you know, COVID-19 that hit and all the all of the, the, the chaos and crisis that goes with that. I mean, you know, again, we've just got to lean in here. And I've had great conversations with our sponsors. They understand it. Um, they don't want to cancel anything. They don't want to postpone anything. And they want it to be as good as it can be. And hopefully some charity dollars as well. It will be challenging to deliver a lot of charity money in this environment if if there's no fans and no pro-am. Um, that's the one that, you know, that I'm worried about. I'm worried about if there weren't, it wasn't a pro-am, which I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the pro-am can be worked in. Uh, fans for a while going to be a challenge. So maybe by August, um, both will be, you know, both will be back, both fans and the pro-am. Because like we're talking about, I mean, in golf, you can make some adjustments. You can have one in a cart. You cannot have carts and have people carry their own bag or, or push a uh, pull cart. Um, you can, you know, you can do things about, you know, where to stand on the tee, where, how, to, how to approach the green, where to stand on the green. I mean, I think there's some rules you can put in place that makes pro-ams work, and that's where the revenue is. You know, I always used to tell the guys when I was in this business a long time ago, I'd say, what day is the most important day of the week to you, to some of these pros on the web.com and now the Corn Ferry? And, of course, most of them would say Sunday, and I would tell them, no, no, it's Wednesday. It's money day. It's pro-am day. you got to take care of the money, take care of the pro-am players, amateurs, because that's how you're able to play. And so I think they all get that. We get that. And so hopefully the bottom line is is that we'll be back in business four months from now and five months from now. But if we have to make some adjustments, then we will. But so far, the sponsors that I'm aware of have been terrific. They're all, they're all leaning in and hanging in there. So we all want to make it the best we can. Jeff, uh, listening to what you were just saying and all the moving parts that go into this, uh, I, my head just is trying to wrap around. What do we do about caddies? Yeah, caddies. You know, caddies are interesting, right? I mean, it's uh, they're on the shoulder. You know, mm-hmm. they're on the shoulder of the pro, and uh, so testing. You know, there'll be testing. We're talking about testing at the hotel, testing when you get to the course, testing in the locker room, testing on the tee. And they'll have to go through testing, and I think that's the answer. You know, hopefully by that time, and maybe it's already there, you hear 
various reports today, but five minutes, you know, to get a test done. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I think caddies will be tested. Pros will be tested. Everyone's going to be tested uh, when, the, when the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour opens up June 8th. I mean, you're not going to be able to, I don't care if you're a fan or a caddy or a, or a volunteer or a member or a player or an organize, or, organizer like our team. Everyone's going to have to get tested uh, to be able to, to, to come on the property and, and, and go to work. So um, that's what I think the answer is, Harold, is testing and quick testing, five-minute testing. And uh, it's going to be interesting, like I said. So we're building models right now. We have our what we call our Model A, our Model B, and our Model C for all of our events. Model A is business as usual. Model B is, is a model that doesn't have fans but has a pro-am. And Model C is it, 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 the guys play. It, it's, it's on television, of course, in all three. But there isn't a pro-am or, or fans. And so we're building out those models right now. And, and so we're prepared for whatever we end up with here. But we're hopeful it'll be business as usual. Uh, regarding those models, how far out in advance of the scheduled date does the milestone hit where you have to decide on one of those? Four to five weeks on the Corn Ferry Tour, seven, six or seven weeks on the PGA Tour. So you think about like at Napa, we have for the Safeway Open that we run in Napa in the fall and then the American Express, formerly the Bob Hope, that we run in January in La Quinta. Those are massive events. You know, we had we have six concerts at Napa. We had two major concerts at American Express this last year with Stevie Nicks and Luke Bryan. 20,000 people on the driving range Friday and Saturday nights. Can you imagine how close those people were? They were shoulder to shoulder. So <clears throat> our entertainment model that we've put together, that we've created, is certainly a model that's going to be tested in this environment. And so we're not sure we can bring that model through the door because the concert piece is going to probably be an issue. But um, if you think about the hospitality suites, at Safeway Open, we've got 60 uh, skyboxes that are on the 16th, 17th, and 18th grains. And, uh, you know, we've got to build them. And we've got, to, we've got to get the steel delivered. We've got to get the tents delivered. We've got to get the flooring, the carpet, the generators, the air conditioning, the television sets, and on and on. Those, it takes about six or seven weeks to build out a production like that. And so we have to know in advance to be able to order the product. Now, we've got great vendor partners we've dealt with for a long time, many, many years, and they haven't been working. They've been waiting and waiting. And so we've talked to them all, and they're, you know, they're ready to go, and they know we're going to have a short window, and we're going to have to order and have them get the product to us, and then we're going to have to you know, go fast to put it up. So it's all changing. And, uh, but the answer is, you know, depending upon the size of the build, uh, at the Corn Ferry Tour level, it's about a month, and at the PGA Tour, it's six or seven, seven weeks, depending upon how big your build is. And now, if you don't have any, if you don't have skyboxes and, and, and don't have fans, then, you know, then, of course, it's, it turns into what I call a made-for-television event. And it's a starter's tent on the first tee and a starter's tent on the tenth tee, and quite frankly, not much else, uh, because there wouldn't be any fans there. So it's, <laughs> it's bizarre to go from, from the festival model that we run at our tournaments to have that much going on, but that all of a sudden you could end up in a, in a, in a no-fans, no-pro-am model where you have uh, just starters tents, and that's it. You know, So uh, we'll see where we go, but obviously we're planning, we're planning for, for having the same events we've had in the past years, and, but we're ready, we'll be ready if we, if we have to pivot. Jeff, one last question. With the schedule being condensed and consolidated as it is, players are still going to need a break every now and then. And I look through the schedule, and the Safeway Open, your event, is sandwiched between the Tour Championship and the U.S. Open. Uh, right. you, you feel that's going to uh, have an impact on your field? Well, it's interesting because in the Tour Championship in Atlanta, uh, at East Lake, there's 30 players, mm -hmm. and so a lot of guys. And then the week before that, you know, in the WGC event, there's not many more than that. So the point is that there's some guys who haven't been able to play, and then there's a list of guys like Phil Mickelson who plays the week before the U.S. Open every year, and he's already committed to play the Safeway Open. So whereas Tiger Woods doesn't play the week before the U.S. Open or any major. And so uh, now I'm, that's in the past. So could that change? Of course it could change. If Tiger Woods decides he wants to play, he's going to play. But, but normally he wouldn't play. 
So you've got a list of guys that kind of get ready for the majors by playing the week before, and you've got a list of guys who never play the week before. So that, I think, is on our side. And the other thing that's on our side is there's 30 players playing the Tour Championship in Eastlake, and many of the guys are going to, that are going to play in the U.S. Open are going to want to play the week before. So I think our field will, will be good. I don't think it'll be great, but I think it'll be good, um, and we'll be fine. And then, of course, the week after the U.S. Open's Ryder Cup, and uh, a lot of the guys will be going from U.S. Open to Ryder Cup to make the team. But, again, that's a small, small number of guys, what, 24 total between the two teams. So, you know what, it's, we just want to play the tournaments. We want to be able to, to put on the show three times in Portland, Boise, and Napa and have the tournaments go great. I, we think a lot of people are ready to get out and watch sports, get mm-hmm. outdoors and, and watch sports. And, gosh, I'm more worried about the Ducks and the Buckeyes <laughs> on September 12th. I, am about, yeah. I mean, that's the game that I don't want to miss. And, but, you know, I got, a, I got a really close friend of mine who's a Buckeye. Uh, who might be listening today, and we're, we're supposed to go together. And, uh, Mike, I want you to know that those Ducks are going to take down those Buckeyes if we play that ball there game. You, go. you know God, that. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's so much uncertainty. I guess I sent a note to the commissioner this morning about congratulating him on and his team on the work that they did with the uncertainty that surrounds what's going on in our country and around the world. And I guess, you know, this is a, another one of those challenges I – tell my team most of them are golfers i say this is like going to the tour school you don't want to get on the plane to go but unless you go you can't get your card and so guess what you know the wind blows 30 or 40 every time you go to bandon but you look forward to playing bandon keep the ball down so guess what that's kind of what this is we know what we don't we know we're going to have a challenge in front of us but you know let's do it no question. I know we all got our fingers crossed uh, that we can get back to uh, some sense of normalcy and uh, start having these events as, as they're currently scheduled. Jeff Sanders, president of Golf Events for Lagadere Sports. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time for us. Hopefully the next time we're talking, it's about uh, the uh, the tournaments uh, going on as they're currently scheduled. Stay safe uh, for you and your family, my friend, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Save you guys, okay? Thank you so much. Get out and play some golf for me, would you? Yeah. Very well. Killing me. All right. I can make a bogey for you anytime. <laughs> get out there. Hey, Carol, I didn't get back at you. I'll catch you next time. All right. <laughs> Take care. There you go. Jeff Sanders, our buddy uh, from Logger Sports. We'll take a quick break, come back, uh, some thoughts on uh, the things that he said there, and wrap things up uh, as we continue on Golf of the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf. Every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080, The Fan. 853 here wrapping things up on another edition of Golf in the Northwest. A huge thank you to Jeff Sanders uh, for joining us. Uh, he was on that conference call, and, and I think we got a good feel of both the Corn Ferry and the PJ Tour. He runs two events on both tours uh, and is as in, involved uh, with the behind-the-scenes stuff as uh, anybody we know here in the Northwest. Um, it, 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 look, it's... It's a challenge, it's isn't it? It's a challenge. You can't make everybody happy. And so, and you're always going to have this uh, back and forth. And there's no perfect answer. There's no particularly right answer. There's a lot of competing interests in terms of safety, in terms of mm-hmm. is it the right time? Uh, these guys wrestle with these, not only in this industry. I mean, this is, you know, this is a golf show. We're coming at it from this from the sense of golf. Uh, in, in, but trying to keep things going, you have sponsors, you have charities, obviously the guys out there, uh, on the tour, want opportunities, the entertainment factor, just being able to, to see things in live. Those of us that uh, have made sports a big part of our lives and careers, uh, are, are missing it desperately. So all of those things going on yet, we know in the back of our minds there is a much bigger picture that we are dealing with as uh, well. Absolutely. We're just a small, uh, you know, factor in, in this big picture. Um, only one in 13 Americans play golf, so you, you're looking at a fairly, fairly small number. We're really fortunate in Oregon to have uh, uh, many of our golf courses that are open with half the golf courses across the country closed. Uh, but... 
uh, all it takes is one restaurant manager owner somewhere who has a thing against golf and takes a video yeah. of of uh the lack of social distancing on a golf course to really shut it down so from a local standpoint i i really appreciate the fact that we have a place to get out and do something. On the other hand, you have to be really responsible if you're a player going out there to follow the rules. Uh, and it, whether you like them or not, follow them because they're very yeah. important. And you really make it difficult or maybe impossible to play for other people who want. Uh, who want to no get out question. there? No question. And, and uh, I was out there. I was out at uh, Forest Hills last Sunday, and uh, it, you know, there's plenty of space. Take your time. Know what you're getting into when you go out there. And and if your goal is to get out there, play some golf, have a little exercise, enjoy the great weather we've been blessed with here uh, in the Northwest uh, this month. Even though there's a little drizzle this morning, courses uh, need that. That'll help them. It's supposed to dry out again. Mm -hmm. uh, but just have some some respect for everybody else around you so that we can keep it going. Uh, as the weather increases, you know, the the propensity for people to get out there and we know everybody's been cooped up for, for a month now and just wanting to feel uh, norm, as normal as possible. Uh, you know, you got to keep in mind it's, we're not out of the woods yet, even though Oregon's yeah. been far less affected than a lot of other states, and, and we feel fortunate for that. Uh, it's still affecting the state. It is, and I think what you're going to see is the loosening of the restrictions on outdoor activities and places. I know in parts of Florida they've opened up some beaches. I, that's, I'm a little concerned about that because there's not a lot of social distancing going on. But uh, I think you're going to see relaxing some of the state parks uh, in local parks, uh, you may not have the playground equipment open, but at least you have the open-air environment uh, open. I think that will relieve some of the emotional pressure that's been put on people yep. having been cooped up. Uh, that's the first place we'll see it. And golf will probably be one of the first sporting events that will be open, albeit without fans, that will be open for viewing. No question. It's uh, one of the easier events to be able to stage without, mm -hmm. you know, without fans. And uh, so hopefully the schedule holds. So I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it um, and we'll continue to <clears throat> try and get more into the industry as well, uh, how they're coping with it. We'll see if Washington uh, is able to, in the coming weeks, uh, be able to start opening courses as well for, for people up in the Vancouver and Clark County to get out. Thanks uh, again to Jeff Sanders. We will try and reconnect with John Bodenhammer, uh, Senior Managing Director of Championships for the USGA. Hopefully we can reschedule him for next week as well. And uh, that'll do it. Center and Saint coming up next. Uh, thanks again uh, for Will producing. Harold, stay safe, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. You stay safe, Will. Thanks so much. See you next week. There you go. For Harold, I'm Jason. Hit him straight. Squishy. There will be flogging. Peaches uh, in Europe. Uh... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.